If you are a scout or coach looking to find or help players, then Pitch is the website for you. It's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on Pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com. Coaches Coffee Club podcast. We are back again. Good evening, Matthew Craddock. Good evening. Our um, our regular <laughs> podcast went out the window a little bit, hasn't it, this year? We have been yeah. very irregular, yeah. but we are back. Yeah. yeah, well, what what happened is they went, by the way, football can start again tomorrow. So it went from <laughs> having zero work to having loads of work so uh yeah we apologize it was actually um, in a day we were talking about oh we have so much time on our hands we could record loads of these podcasts and then the following day we didn't speak for about four weeks because of work so <laughs> yeah but hey we're back again we are here and uh hopefully well actually not hopefully i'm pretty confident everyone will enjoy this episode what about you yeah re- really good uh, he's a really nice fellow, isn't he, as well? And I've, I've not really spoken to him a lot, so that was probably the most I've spoken to him. And he was, uh, yeah, really really good, really interesting. Um, and, and some real common themes as well that kept kept coming around, from, reflecting from his experience as a player and as a coach as well. I, I quite liked it. It was, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we spoke to Omar Rizza today, who is under-23s coach at Watford and also coaches the... England men's under-17s team. Um, really interesting conversation around not only his playing career and a lot of the experiences and lessons he took from that, but uh, his current role and working with young professionals and the challenges that coaches and players face um, and the, the, the modern game and, and lots of things along those lines. So really, really interesting. Um, slightly different um avenue than some of the previous podcasts i think this was a little bit more near the performance end but some some real good insights there i know a couple of things very right near the end the the pearls of wisdom or the the advice the coaches he shared were we won't give it away matt but they were they were really exciting uh, excellent insights weren't they yeah very much yeah very much so he's really clear on on what he wants as a coach and um his beliefs uh, and also he's, he's very he's got real good self-awareness as well what what his strengths are and actually what his areas of development are and he's you know very clear on you need to make your strengths better and, and try and work on those development areas as well really really good stuff good stuff so let's uh, let's get on with it this is our conversation with Omar Riza. Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Coffee Club podcast. Myself and Matt are joined this week by Omar Rizza. Evening, Omar. How are you doing, boys? You all right? Yeah, very well, thank you, mate. I appreciate your time. And I guess you might have been at the your 18s at a game today. Is that right, FA Youth Cup? Yeah, I was doing some commentary, actually, at Vic Road on the game. Yeah, they, they lost, unfortunately. But, you know, they held their own. Um, been riddled with with injuries this year to be fair the 18 so I think considering that I think they they they've done well yeah yeah so uh, such a massive competition for boys of that age isn't it it's um it's a real opportunity for them to show what they can do and I know it's um at every level the chance to play on the on the main pitch and have some senior staff watching it's can be career defining for some of those boys can't it yeah, definitely. You know, FA Youth Cup's always, especially for people that have come through the ranks, you know, they know it's a, it's a big cup and it's nice to play in and um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big occasion for them. So, um, yeah, it, w- it was good. Got to the fifth round. Um, possibly could have gone through today, really. It was a bit unlucky, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's football, I guess. Magic of the cup. Um, so, obviously, you're, you're at Watford now, but let's, let's rewind. How... How did you get into coaching, mate? Was that something you always wanted to do or is it something that you fell into? How how you got to where you yeah. are now? No, I mean, I was a player, weren't I, for, you know, 18 years or whatever it was. Um, 
I got to the age where I was about 32, 33, and um, I've had I'd had the career. I didn't really think about coaching at the younger ages. So you know, through my twenties, didn't really think about it. I was playing. I played in the UK abroad. Started getting to 28, 29. I had a couple of problems. 30 problems with with my club and some you know some court cases and things like that when I was abroad and um, came back to Shrewsbury um, and um, and I just everyone was doing their UA for B so I thought you know what I might as well just start doing some form of coaching and in 2010 I think that was 2011 and it just started from there really done my UA for B done my level one and two with Arsenal anyway as you do at a young age um, and then the UA for B I started it then and then yeah, started to find my way down the levels as I was getting a little bit older. I went into the conference as first team coach, player coach with Dave Livermore at Histon. Um, and it started from there, really. And how, how do you think those experiences have, have shaped you and your your coaching today? Do you draw back on any of those from your, your early coaching days? I mean, I, I mean, I draw back on my, my playing days in respect of the coaching now. I mean, I, I remember playing in Turkey in the Turkish Super League um, and um, my, my coach was playing with inverted fullbacks. You know, we had, we had fullbacks playing inside and, and adding security to the team, which allowed the midfielders to get on. I come back to England and I was, um, obviously, things I'd learned from there, I'd come back and I was doing my, it was actually my UEFA B, I was finishing it off. By the time I'd left Schroeder, went to Histon, I was finishing it off there. And I was talking to my tutor about inverted fullbacks and, um, he was saying, you know, you've got to be very careful where you're deciding to try and put your fullbacks. And that was like 2010, 11. And I look at the game now and I think, wow, like a Turkish coach in, in Turkey um, was doing that sort of thing in, you know, 2007, 2006, 2008. It's like these ideas have been around a long time and um, it's about how, how and who try to implement them to make them, to make them work and to get them to fruition, you know, and, you know, Guardiola says something now and it's gospel. Somebody else trying to do something now and it's sort of what you're doing that for. Well, who's going to be the next Guardiola? But why do you think Why do you think that is? Do you think that is, like you say there, because of the credibility of the person saying it? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say um, probably, you know, when, when, when coaches have done things um, and, and it, it's come to fruition. They've got the power to be able to try what they want, you know, when they've been yeah. successful. And when you haven't, I suppose questions are asked. And I suppose it's about whether you're brave enough to follow it through or whether you get shut down and your ideas um, your ideas get forgotten. Now, sorry, boys. Yeah, go on. Yeah, Karen, right. sorry, uh, Craig. But, but, yeah, it's, it's more about, um, yeah, who you are, what you've achieved, and I suppose whether your ideas will be imp- can be implemented or frowned upon or, or whatever. But, yeah, interesting story, do you, really. Do you think that's changing? Do you think that we're seeing more of that come in? I don't just mean at the Man Cities and Liverpools, but do you actually see that coming in lower down as well? Actually, a little bit more of, uh, you know, inspired thinking or creativity in your formations, your strategies, how you set up your team? Yeah, I think I think because it's being done at elite level now, I think when, when teams and managers try it, it, there's nothing wrong with it because it's being done. The, other, the only thing they come up against, I suppose, is who you're trying it with and are they able to do it? Mm. Um, and you've either got to tweak those ideas to make it work, still try and get out what you want, or, you know, uh, so it works for those players that you're, you're, um, you're, you're coaching or, or you've got playing for you. But then I look at it like they're only playing against the same ca- sort of calibre player as well. So it's, it's, it's a real, you know, I think if you work hard enough on something and you believe in something um, well enough or you believe in something firmly enough I think you know I think it can be imp- implemented that's my that's my view How about that you, you said that you were doing your B licence and you had some experiences from when you were playing in Turkey about the, the fullbacks how impactful was that message from the tutor who said sort of, kind of discouraged you to try it did that have an effect on you as a coach and did you think yeah, it, did you it doubt was, it yourself was, or? it was funny really because it was um I'll never forget, it was sitting in the office. It was like a little dingy office at, at Histon. And I was sitting with Dave Livermore because he was doing his UA for B as well at the time. I was doing mine, he was doing his. We, we, we went to school together, so we, we're long-time friends. Um, and our tutor, 
who you know who I speak who I get on well, well with now as well. And I've actually mentioned this to him after so long, but um, yeah, I felt a little bit like, well, you shut me down, you know, you shut me down with an idea that I've got um, that I've brought from abroad. I've had to go away abroad at a young age. I went away, I went to, to Turkey when I was like 22 years old, you know, playing Super League football in good standard when I was playing out there. You know, Roberto Carlos was playing out there. Rigobert Song came over from England. Lugano was, we, we had, it was very, it's still strong now. It's a very strong league. But um, so to come back after going abroad, coming back with ideas that have worked um, out there and sort of be shut down, it was a little bit like, one, disappointing, and two, yeah, you feel like questioning yourself, question what you want, you know, what you're thinking and how you want to try to change. I've always been a coach who um, tries to change things, not not change things because I'm, I'm trying to change, change the, you know, change the wheel um, or invent, invent a new wheel or anything like that, but just football's evolving. Why can't we be part of that process? And were, were you able to, in that time at Histon, did you... Did you give it a try anyway, or did you? Were you, you know, a bit like, well, I better seek the advice, follow this kind of quote-unquote guidance from my tutor, or, or were you brave enough to go, you know what? No, I believe in this. I'm going to give no, it a try. No, because when I was at Histon, I still had my own ideas in my head about how I want, how I thought the game should be played. I was more of a, I was more of an attacker's coach, so I was still playing. I was playing up front, playing in, in midfield, and I was, I was adding my coaching. Um, bits there so I did have no real input in in how we were playing and even even Dave Livermore like when when I was talking about it was talking about sort of inverted fullbacks and where I wanted them to go he, he was a little bit like mm, yeah not sure you know and that's fine you know because it was very it weren't it weren't anything that anyone spoke about um back then but obviously teams abroad were already doing it you know yeah so uh, I guess now like you said it's you mentioned earlier similar messages um, from 10, 15 years ago. Is that something that you still believe now that a lot of the principles that were in, involved in, in your, whether it was your playing career or your early coaching career, are those messages still as important today or do you feel like different things when you're coaching have, have become important? I think the things that always remain the same is what you expect from players. You know, um, discipline, good character, application, all those things for me never changed. Like to, to be a top player, those things have to have, have to always be there, the core values of, of, of a player. Um, what has changed is obviously, you know, systems and how systems are played and how systems roll into each other and the fluidity of systems and how you can morph to different systems to press and, and, and build and, you know, all those things. It's just evolved so much. Um, I don't know if it's evolved so much because we have got social media and everything is just out there all the time or if and these things weren't ever out you know spoken about uh, like in such in such a wide network um but now it's sort of you know everyone can can talk and see and do um everything together you know i don't know if that's more the case i think there's elements of the game that will never change that will always be there and there's there are new elements that you know system wise and ideas wise and concepts wise that um that have changed and changed for the better the game is a lot more you know i think you hear a lot of people say you know the game the game ain't changed and you know you know why are we trying to reinvent the wheel and it's not about reinventing the wheel it's about it's about it's about making it it's about making it better it's about making it more interesting it's about making it more competitive and that's what and that's what it's done that's what everything's done you know and uh, have you um, have you had that opinion around those those basics every player what you expect from every player have you had that in your coaching forever because obviously you played and you must have been around that work ethic and the discipline etc or I know I fell in the trap when I started coaching of being all about the X's and O's and the tactics and stuff and the, the more I did it, it I suddenly then realised well that has to come secondary to the things you mentioned. Have you always believed that or did you have to go through a similar experience? Nah, I've, I've always believed it uh, because as a player, predominantly those are the players that came through when I was a player. You know, I had, I can reel off so many players over the course of my career as a, as a, as a teenager, as a youth player growing up, where somebody said, oh, he's going to be the next best thing. 
and he never was. And it's always those players that were striving and always, always those players that worked really hard and all those players that, that you know, grafted. Don't get me wrong, there's, there, there's players that have got natural ability that end up getting there. Um, but they can't get there without those, without those qualities. And they have to have a little bit of those qualities, if not a lot. Those that haven't got, those that don't have as much technical ability or as much, um, you know, natural, natural, um, natural quality or whatever you want to call it, um, they have to have an element of that. If they haven't, they got to have it even more. So I've always looked, you know, I've always looked for that in, in players, and it's, it's it, they're the most important factor to becoming a footballer, in my opinion. Mm. And you've you've had a, a variety of roles at various levels in the last few five, six years, you worked at first team level, you worked in the PDP 18s and now 23s. Are those messages the same ones that are consistently, is that what underpins all your work even today in your role now? Yeah, I mean, more than anything, those are the things I always look for. Of course, I don't, I don't bring them to the forefront. Um, I want to see them. If, if, I feel that, if I feel that people are not, not doing that, I'll let them know. But obviously, we're there to educate the players in respect of becoming players. So first of all, we've got to, all the four corners we talk about, got to make sure that they're strong in all four corners. But, um, you know, te technically, tactically, we have that's what we're working on predominantly uh, during the course of the week. Um, but those fundamentals are always there. And so, you know, whether it's, I make sure the players, you know, I, I, I still do fines for players because I think it's not a lot of money. It's only a little bit because... Obviously, we are guided by HR now and, you know, and, and what you can and can't do and, and how far you can go with certain things. But I'm taking the 23s. I'm not taking the under-18s. These are young men. And I try to give them as much as a, a first-team environment as I can, um, at the same time as educating them to be become young men if they leave the game or they leave football. Um, they have to understand that there's an element of... Um, um, what's the word? Uh, um the word I'm looking for um, when we talk about application and character it's, it's on them as well you know element of it like being responsibility on them. ownership yeah, of it accountability, accountability. accountability and ownership yeah. yeah exactly yeah Chris that's the words I was looking for um, and, 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 some, and, and some don't have that a lot don't have it a lot and um, they will fall short what, what do you think what's your your biggest challenge at under 23 so I was listening to a podcast uh, this week, uh, and it was it was Ben Dawson from Newcastle. He was talking about 23s, and he, he made a really good point about how usually the players that are in that group of, that have come through the academy have probably been the ones that have been the best players in all their groups. So they've had loads of success, play up a year, you know, get selected for this team, get selected for that team, and then when they get in the 23s, that next step is even more difficult. And suddenly the success doesn't come as easy for them. Is that is that something that's that you see in, in your role as well? And is it is it quite a big challenge to sort of manage their expectations? I, I say um, I say the same thing that I've said before on a few other podcasts is that I, I think the game is flooded with players. Um, yeah. I think I think I think I, I don't like to talk about back in the day or how it used to be because it that's gone. But there was definitely an element of at 18 before, if you weren't getting to the levels you needed to get to, there was nowhere else to go other yeah. than find another club if you can. And it's usually going to be senior football uh, somewhere. Um, but now we've got 18s, now we've got 23s, now we've got, you know, all these, all these age groups that allows them to have more time to develop, which is great. But at the same time, it's allowing more players in the system um, that maybe are not at the level, um, hmm. you know, but either they're going to earn from the game financially where they don't have to work again, some players, um, or they're not, and they're going to be at 23, they're going to be a, a, in a place, or 22, they're going to be in a place where they've done nothing else and they struggle. They struggle to go out and into the real world and, you know, get a job, try and play non-league football, Um and eventually that fizzles out as well and they go and just get on with their jobs and, and, and earn a, a couple of hundred quid on the side just to be, you know, just to make ends meet or, or whatever it is. Um, but I think the toughest thing 
in 23s football for me is um, then when it comes to them going into a first team would be that you go into a first team environment, players are bigger, stronger, more physical, more technical, um, more ta- got more tactical uh, awareness, um, and they can't keep up with them. They just can't. They just cannot keep up with them. We've had we've had a few go in, and you know they, they hold their own. They go and give it a go, um, and then on top of that, you've got you know what are we doing? Are we developing or are we teaching them how to be winners? And I say it all the time that you go into the first team environment, you've got to win because that's that's what everyone expects. So how can we expect to just develop players and then just drop them into the first team and think that they're going to um, they're going to understand an element of um, of the importance of winning and not making mistakes and not being accountable for what they for what they do. As soon as they step over into the first team, all those things come into play. So yeah. we have to de- we have to develop we have to develop them and teach them that are 18s and 23s without going overboard and without going too far the other way of it being about winning and it being about the competitive nature of, of the game because you have to get the balance because they're still learning and developing. But there has to be there has to be an element of, 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 of a balance there to, 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 to help them with that. Whether it be we've got to send them out on loan as well. And nowadays, we, we you know, we we struggle to get our 23s out to clubs. Yeah, it's you tough, know, isn't conference it? Conference South, conference maybe. Um, it, it's, it's challenging. Do you think, do you think the current system has it a little bit wrong in that sense, Omar, in the sense of non-competitiveness all the way through? Do you think... I know you've 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 obviously been aboard as well, but a lot of when you go on the courses, they talk about European countries have competition from such a young age. Do you think a boy who might go all the way through the academy is not exposed to enough competitive football? Um, I, I think competitiveness is healthy. You know, I really do. I think it. I, I, I mean, I I can remember when all I wanted to do was win when I was young. You know, it was important that you won. But it wasn't to the point where I don't think it was to the point where it affected my my learning. Um, mm. So now we have this in place where we think, you know what, if we're so worried about the competitive element um, that we forget about, we forget about, you know, what 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 they're there for. That's to get get educated, get better, and learn. But the two go hand in hand, and if if you haven't got now, the problem is if the coaches can't see that the you know the importance of both. Then and they and they they go too far one side and it is about winning and competitiveness and they they start dropping players and taking players out and saying saying a player's not good enough um, and because he wants to win a game but that's the problem um, and then I, I just think they both go hand in hand you know I just I've always believed that how we get to that I, I you know I mean listen they go out and play a game every Sunday they're they're playing to win. You know, mm. whether it's competitive or not, whether it's a league or not, um, they go out to win. It's as simple as that. You know, my son plays in the academy and when he goes out on the pitch, he, he loses. They're disappointed. They win. They're happy. So whether there's a league or not, whether it's competitive or not, uh, uh, you know, it just gives them a little bit more to go for as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, yeah, Lee, yeah, sorry, sorry. Lee, I, I was going to jump in and then you look like you were about to talk. So yeah, no, no, my, 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 my reasoning for that question was around um, there's a lot of things in academy around um, match minutes and um, scores and stuff. But I know when you then have players sort of in the late YDP, when they're exposed to cup competitions, floodlit cup stuff, it just gives a little, a different element that maybe like you said, as they come up to sort of 23s and into first team, something they need to maybe be able to deal with, i.e. pressure in a, in a good way. I mean, like you said, it's important how the coach acts, but when a game has a little bit more meaning and it starts to play on the emotions of the players, there might be some nerves involved where a result becomes somewhat important. I think that's an important skill that players need to have later in their career. I wonder if does the sort of 12 to 16 age group have any of that to well, maybe give them? That's the other thing, isn't it? That's like saying like you just start turning on the tap and saying, right, you haven't done it all this time. And now all of a sudden you've got to deal with it. And is, are we saying that they're, they're, they're not 
they're not mentally developed at a younger age to be able to deal with that. But then at an older age to, to start to to start to blend it into the system, then um, which they get anyway, they get cup competitions, they get Bloodlick Cup, they get like sixteens now do a um, like we've done a West Ham, Watford, um, Charlton. Uh, we they play in like some like an under seventeens cup, so it gives sixteens exposure to to it. Seventeens can play as well if they've not been able to play in the FA Youth Cup, so they're doing that. But I say, mm. I say, and I, I mean, I know with the youngsters now in the Premier in the Premier League and in the Cat Ones, Cat Twos, they do um, sort of competitive tournaments, don't they? So yeah. they are doing, they are still doing it. Um, it's not like we're not doing it, you know. And I, I'm just not sure, and I don't think. You know, especially at the younger ages, obviously, all the boys developing at different rates. Uh, you can't judge a player on whether he's physically able to play a game if he's not, you know, if he's not going through his PHV at a particular time or whatever, whatever the reasons may be. So we do have to be very careful in that respect. Mm. But competitive, competitiveness is healthy as long as we don't let it, as long as we don't let it over override all the other important factors of, of their learning and development. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, with with that being said, when when the boys are, are coming to you at, at 23, and I don't just mean this at your club, is there anything particular that you think we as a as a coaching fraternity need to better equip our players for? Is there any common themes where you're seeing across the board at 23s where maybe we've neglected at younger ages as as coaches or are you quite are the players that you're seeing across that level, are they well equipped to maybe go on to first team? Or is it the... I think... Um, I think now what we've developed in, in respect of the system is an opportunity for players to develop in their own rate, at their own rate, in their own time. If they get there, they get there. If they don't, they don't. Um, until they run out of time. Um, I don't think that players actually know how hard it is to become a professional footballer. That's what I think. Every 23s player I come up at, uh, come across, um, they just don't understand. They don't understand what the game's about. They really don't. They don't. I don't think they know how important it is to apply themselves and. Uh, properly to become fresh some do some there is there are two there, there are there are a few that really apply themselves probably you look at them you say and it's usually the ones that really apply themselves are the ones that don't have all the all the tools um that they need to, to get to top top level but they really apply themselves in every other area um and you're looking at me thinking, you know what you're doing everything spot on but you just haven't quite got that what you need to become you know that elite elite um, and a lot of them they just don't understand and you, you tell them you tell them over and over again how hard it is what they need to do why they need to do it when they've done something wrong um, and you're holding their hand all the way through I, I remember when I was I, I was coached by Tom Wally um, and he was he was what he was a Watford coach played for Arsenal coming to Arsenal he he was so tough I mean you wouldn't get away with some of the stuff that he got away with uh, then um, with HR, you, you'd be in trouble. You'd be in trouble now. But I remember we, we went to Holland, and uh, we were doing we was on tour. We done a, we done we were practicing set plays before a game, and I was talking to I think Paolo Benazza, I think it was, uh, in the box, and he was like having and he's come over to me and he's like held one side in the face, he smacked me straight in the other side, like he knocked me out like, and like and that's because I was talking. I learned a lesson, you know. Listen, concentrate when you're training. You can piss about whenever you want, but when it comes to training, con concentrate, focus, get the job done. It wasn't right, you know, um, but I learned a lesson, that's for sure. And I'm not sure we're able to teach these boys quick enough how difficult it is. It's hard, think, it's hard, it's, it's hard yeah. becoming a player, it really is. Do you think the, um, <clears throat> the opportunity for young, whether it's young pros or, or scholars, to be around first-team environments is... Is that um, lessen a little bit? You know, the whole there used to be the culture of being a boot boy and doing a lot of the jobs. So you're in and around that environment as you're going through your apprenticeship. I, I hear a lot of stories about uh, players or, or coaches who went through that, and it, it really 
gave them a, a window into the life of a professional footballer. Do you think yeah. that kind of stuff is missing now? Hundred percent. I mean, I'm I'm from that. I'm from I'm cut from that cloth as well. You know, I was I was cleaning Den- I was cleaning Dennis Bergkamp and Ian Wright's boots when I was at Arsenal, and I and I love clean. That was my job. I love I love cleaning them. You know, they went out on the pitch. I used to go and watch every game to make sure their boots were spotless. Do you know what I mean? I had to, you know, I had to, I had to put like um, uh, red nail varnish on on Dennis Burkamp's uh, uh, Reebok signs because they weren't the the the, the sponsors weren't happy with um, with they, you couldn't see the you couldn't see it properly. But I, you know, we we done that. And then I knew when I become a professional footballer, someone was going to be cleaning my boots. I'd got there. I'd worked hard. You know. Um, definitely an element of that is, is gone. Um, we, we ask our 23s to go and clean boots now when, when the kit man can't do them for whatever reason. It's like, it's a chore. It's like trying to get like people mm-hmm. to go over there and do it. It's, you know, they do it, but it ain't done with, you know, they just don't do it the way it should be done. But, you know, that's the way the game's gone now. Yeah. And what about the old... Do you think that's people? Oh my, do you think that's that's society as in like, Young people coming through are are different, and they do things differently. Yeah, I mean it is. I mean we we have to accept that. We have to accept that you know youngsters nowadays they've been brought up a different way, um, and yeah. you know it, it's not you know it, it's it's not something that they're used to, um, which is fine. But we have to find another way of 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 making sure that you know there's an element of appreciation to yeah. what to what they're doing. And it just feels like, it just feels like there isn't. It feels like there isn't. It feels like a lot of the time you're having to hold their hand to get them through it. And that for me is that they won't get there if it's like that. They've either got to take the ball by the horns, have ownership of their own careers. And, and you know, oh, you've got Joe Hungbo, who's in the, got in the first team now. He's in around the first team squad. And he's there because, because of his application. He'd be one of the only ones who would stay out with me and do extra finishing when he was with the 23s, um, yeah. always wanting to make himself better. Always, always, I could always see that he was, um, you know, re- he was always reviewing his performances and uh, asking himself questions and coming and asking me. He, he wants to learn. He wants to get better. And they've, they've kept him over there. And I know it's, it's mainly because of what we spoke about right at the, right at the start, Lee, and that was application character um, and, and work ethic, you know. And he's a good player. Don't get me wrong; he's got good qualities. But those, those foundations are so important. Yeah, but I was, one thing I was going to ask just before we went on to that is is about the old what was the reserve league or the reserve team? How how important was that sort of set up for young players to, again, going back to your point around what it takes to be a first team player that that kind of opportunity to play with. The, the first team in in what was reserve fixtures, I guess, back in the day. Do we yeah. think that that kind of environment is is missing as well? Or well, I, I don't like I don't like talking about it anymore because I, I do talk about it a lot in respect of what was. You yeah, know, I mean, we might have thought it was great because we played in it. You know, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if I was playing in today's. I mean, I know, I know now that. Um, a lot of 23s, once they've been exposed to 23s for one year, two years, they don't want to play it anymore. They want to go out. They want to play senior football. They want to get in their own senior football. They want to get in their own team here, which is, you know, they're far off of it and not going to get there. And they, they ask questions as to why. Well, you know, the writing's on the wall. You're not doing enough. You know, you're not you're not setting the, the world on fire where you're at playing 23s. Um, why do you think you're going to be exposed to playing first-team football here now at the time you're getting to that age? So they want to go on loan. So obviously for them to feel that way, it's obviously not offering them. And I don't know if it's not offering them what they need because everyone said, you know, this thing goes around now about our 23s football. It's not real. It's not this. It's not that. It's not the other. You know, this goes around and it's now become, it's now become, uh, you know, it's now become a thing where the quality of the 23s is sort of like, well, is it real? Well, it's a game at the end of the day. It's how real do we want to make it? How real and competitive can we make it? I mean, I know I certainly don't just come off of the off of a off the pitch or at the end of a game and think, ah, we've lost big deal. No, I'm looking at the table. I'm looking at, you know, an element of it of me is looking at the table and seeing where we're at. If I was bottom of the league now, I wouldn't be happy. That's for mm. sure. 
you know, so and not with the players. Um, but yeah, you know, the the, the the combination league or the reserve league, it was a very strong league. I mean, you had 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds playing with... I, I've said this in another podcast as well. I can remember, I played in games. Like, I played for Arsenal. I was playing with, I think, Nick Anelka had just come into the country. He was playing up top with me. I think Overmars was playing. I think um, Tony Adams had come back from whatever. We had like five, six. Ian Selly was playing. Uh, we had, we had strong, a strong, strong team. And we were playing West Ham. We were playing against, you know, Steve Potts, Julian Dix, um, um, John Moncur, and, you know, mixed with youngsters. You know, it was proper. It was a proper game. You know, you learn from your, your teammates that you're playing with because they're talking to you constantly. You're, you're learning against the players you're playing against because they're looking to just rip you apart and kick you at any, any opportunity they can. Julian Dix, I remember he, he, he would be, you know, looking at you like he wanted to kill you in, in the game with a 17, 18-year-old. It's, it's, you know, when you're first, you're first playing, you think, you know, I've got to deal with this, but you do, you know, and, and, and that's an element of learning right there. You know, I don't, I don't think we could, I don't think we've replaced that. No, but then they look at it and say, was it too much for youngsters to be playing in those games at that time? I don't know. I don't know whether it's right or wrong, but I know I definitely, um, it definitely got me ready for, you know, being involved with Arsenal's first team and then going on, going on loan to Den Haag when I was 18 years old and then, you know, playing in League One and League Two on loan when I was at West Ham when I was like 19, 20. So, I don't know. I don't know if boys are... Again, like I say, I think the game's flooded with players. Back then, if you was still around at 18, you had something about you. Yeah. You know, um, now you're 18, you can you could get a scholarship because uh, it's the numbers game. Well, when, when you reflect back on that time then, so when you were a youth player at Arsenal, and, and you mentioned the quality of players that, that are in that first team, how how did you manage yourself? You know, when you're 18, looking at that first team, going, "How am I going to get into that? How am I going to get into that team?" What what was your sort of mentality then? Were, were you, you know, were you thinking, "Well, I'm going to go out on loan," or, or did you have this belief that actually I'm just going to, I will graft and graft until I I get, make it happen? No, what no what happened? Obviously, you, you're playing. The the main goal is to get in around the first team. Uh, when you're when you're in an academy, isn't it? You want yeah. you've been there all your life, been there since ten. The only thing you know is wanting to get into the first team. That's all you know. That is all my all I had in my head was how am I gonna? What have I got to do? I've got to work hard. How, how what have I got to do to get there? Listen to Don Howe, uh, listen to to Don Givens, Liam Brady, whoever's my, my coaches at the time. Um, um, but I, you know, I I got my debut at, at eighteen. Was it eighteen or nineteen? I was in the, I was in Champions League. I was on the bench a couple of times. I got my debut at Derby, um, and I probably wanted it to come a bit too quick. You know that I got offered yeah. a new contract, and I, um, I, before I got so I I wanted to go. I had a little taster of it, and I was doing well. So I ended up playing. They had to do something with me. So they ended up pushing, sending me to Holland, play and play out on loan out there, out the way. I suppose to a certain extent. <laughs> Um, so I went and played for Den Haag, scored five goals in 10 games and come back. Um, but uh, they offered me a new contract and I wasn't happy for whatever reason. I probably was a bit too, um, uh, what's the word? I didn't, I weren't patient, I weren't patient enough, you know. I yeah. ended up moving to West Ham for, for two, three years. But, um, you know, my, 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 what I had in my head was, you know, keep working hard, keep being exposed, keep. But the thing is, the difference was then as well is that when you go and train with the first team, Back then, it was only you. Yeah. At your whole, at your whole group. Now, my twenty threes, you know, four, five, six go over there, train, come back, you know, and it's like, well, sometimes they ask for players because we've got a game. They're going up their last eighteens um, yeah. to go over there, so it's good exposure for our boys. Don't get me wrong; they're getting exposed to going and having a go. Does it give almost like a false um, state yeah. of where you're at? Yeah, so it's a little bit like. But then it, it works two ways. It's like they either get to the point where they think, oh, I'm going over there again. You know, what for? And it's not real. Or yeah. it's, you know, false sense of, oh, I've been over there. Why am I now not over there all the time? Yeah. So it's, it's a catch-22 as to, to getting that balance right. Um, yeah. Like I said, when we were when we went over to the first team, it was one of us out of like 20 boys. 
and it yeah. was like geez, he's, he's doing well you know yeah. so it's balance so when balance, when when you're doing well and then they they talk to you about going on loan to another country how how did you feel at that time was that something you're thinking brilliant yeah that's great for me or are you thinking oh bloody hell i, I, I want something else um no nah, what so at the time i had the option to i think there was some stuff going on where it might have been the case that the club maybe thought well, i weren't going to get where they wanted me to get to and yeah. there was like clubs come in like portsmouth were interested in me to go to portsmouth i think to, to buy me and um I was getting false messages from from different people. So Arsene Wenger was saying one thing, and then Liam Brady was saying something else. And and the the the, the Holland thing come about from Dennis and, and Mark Overmars because they their agent their agent sorted that out. And I ended up because I was playing and training with the first team. I think they may have put in a word and said, you know what, he's he's doing all right. You know, he could do all right. But I go and get him some. Game. And that's how the, the Holland thing come about for me. Um, I didn't really want to go abroad. I weren't really ever open to going abroad. But once I went and you get playing and you're on the grass, as long as you're playing, you know, I was happy. Like I said, I scored five goals in 10 games. I come back and it was another problem for the club because I'd actually done quite well. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I was open to it and it, it went well. Good exposure, and did, good experience. Did, did that taste of going abroad, I'm assuming you went on your own. Yeah. Um, did that help you then make the steps to... When you went to Turkey, did, that, um, were you, did you feel prepared? Because I've done well. I've done this before. I can do this. Or was it different? Nah. Every time I every time I went abroad, it was really difficult. Um, right. I didn't. I never listen. I was born in England. I, I love you know. I love England. I never. I wanted to like. I wanted to play at my club. I wanted to stay at Arsenal. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, to be fair, I was at West Ham after before I chose to go yeah. to, um, to Turkey. I was at West Ham. I still had a, a year on my contract. Um, Never wanted to really go um, abroad, but I'd gone. So what happened was I'd gone on. I left. I, I left West Ham and went to Cambridge, and I'd scored like eighteen goals that season. And I was only getting like um, League One, League One clubs interested in me. And I thought, you know what? I, I don't know if I want. To. And it was, you know, it was quite similar. Like the football weren't great, and I thought, uh, and uh, it, that's what really made me go over there. And once I went over there. And everything was offered and, and sorted. I, I still I stayed, but it was with like a heavy heart. I didn't really want to leave, um, mm. but um, it was good for me. You know, I learned so much abroad. I, I become I become the player that I became. Um, you know, I didn't really feel like I'd be you know become the player that I was until I was out there. I got 20, 22, 23 years old. So you know, it took me that long. So when I look at what we've got here with our system. It's like under 23s. Well, I think our boys need that long to maybe find themselves sometimes. But okay. now the, down, yeah. the, down, the downside to that is now is we got boys in the 23s. If they're, if they're anything over 20, it's like, oh, why have we still got them in the building? You know, are they going to get in our first team? So on one hand, we've, we've created something that gives them more, more time to get there. But on the other hand, we're pressured to, to give an answer as to whether they're going to get in our first team at the age that they are. And if we're not, we're not going to extend their contract. So it's yeah. a real tough one, and it, it puts the players in a position. It puts us in a position. It, it's it's difficult. It really is tough. Mm. Trying to the the to thing that you that did, right. you you know you you did enough to like buy yourself that time, didn't you? You know you the the stuff we've just talked through there. You know you have demonstrated the value, which has given you time to get to twenty two, twenty three, to then find yourself as a player. And I guess that's what players in the system have to do. They have to show enough for them to get that time. It's almost like a manager when they go in. You know, you need some early success to give yourself a bit of time to implement anything. And it's, it's probably similar with a, with a player, isn't it? They have to show enough stuff for yeah, you to definitely. go and keep them. Yeah, of course, you know yourself. They have to, they have to do enough to be able to stay and, and show that they can, they can mix it. I mean, the thing is, if, if, I, if I compare myself, I'd already played... I'd already played from, from 18 to 20. I'd already played like 50, 50 appearances, you mm. know. So our boys haven't had nowhere near that when they get to like 20, 21. If our boys have had one or two or, or five, 10 appearances at that age, we'd have done well. One, nobody mm. wants to take them. And two, they're playing at a level that if they go Conference South, people are saying, well, he's only played 15 games in Conference South. What, what do you call it? What sort of level is that? So it's like, you know, it's it's it's... So it's tough. It is. 
I've got, I've got a question question for you now, mate. Now with your coaching head up, is there anything that Omar, the player, would have wanted to hear or receive from his coach or any coaches during his time as a player that you now try and live to give that advice or be that person to the players you work with? Um, I don't know, because that would be disrespectful to the coaches that have coached me. Um, like, you know, you know, you think I got coached by some great, like Tom Wally, um, you know, Arsene Wenger, Pat Rice, um, Don Givens, um, coaches abroad. I've, I've learned what I've learned and I've picked up all the bits that I've picked up uh, that I like and try to implement them and instill them into the players I work with now. Um, I'd probably say we teach them the game a little bit more now. We do teach them the game a little bit. I think I think when we played, it was a little bit, a little bit more off the cuff. It was a little bit more off of what the player, the quality of the player, the individual himself. So for me, for instance, I was very quick, very quick player. That you know, if I was on the pitch, I'd probably be the quickest player on the pitch. Um, they used me for that reason. You know, it, it, you know, get let's get him in behind. Let's let's use him for the qualities that he's got, which is fine. But then to become an all-round player for the team and for uh, um, a system and a way of playing, you need to learn other aspects of the game. So I only really learned, like, don't get me wrong, you've got to hold the ball up, you've got to bring people into play and all those things. Um, but I, I really learned that at an older age when I was playing senior football um, because I had to. You know, I had to hold the ball. I had to bring people into play. I had to pick up, pick up different positions on the pitch to, to help my team. Instead of it all be about me, 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 me. I made very good runs when I was young, but it was all for, for, for me, if you like. Um, and as I got older, I developed the art of making runs for other people and being being less selfish and being the sister and, uh, and you know, all those factors. So probably, if, if anything, I would say probably teaching the game a little bit more. Uh, we didn't really, didn't really have that. You know, we didn't work on, we didn't really work on like... <laughs> rotations and who's going where for what reasons and it was it was more of uh, you're good at that do that you're good at that do that you're good at that do that and that and that and, and, and that was it you know yeah god okay then on the flip side to my question then is is there and it's gonna be a really hard one I, I suppose so apologies in advance is there any one thing that really sticks out to you as like for that message or that piece of information from a coach was was golden or, or really helped me at that time because like you said, you've had some incredible knowledge and, and experience of coaches. No, I think I think um, I'll go back to um, leadership because now I'm sort of I'm doing my pro license now, and we're doing a lot about leadership. And a lot about like, sorry, what was that? Yeah, sorry, mate. I, I my froze that time, so you might have to say that one again. Oh, sorry. I said I, I'm doing my I'm doing my pro license now, so I'm looking. We're, we're looking more into leadership and management style and stuff like that. And I think one of my managers in, in Turkey, when I first went out there, his name was Giray Bulak. And he um, one of the best managers I've had, uh, purely because of the way he was in his man management, his leadership. Um, he, you know, I went out there for the first six months. I was trying to get into the team. There was a lot of senior players in front of me, a lot of internationals in front of me. And I was playing, work, training really hard. All the things I talked to you about, I expect from my players working hard, doing extras, getting on the pitch every now and then. And it was like January time and like sort of gone in there with my agent, who was my father at the time, and said, look, I understand if it's not working, um, no problem. I'll, you know, I'll go back, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to England because um, I don't want to stay here and not play. I need to play. And he said to, he turned around and said, no, he's been doing really well. I really like what he's doing. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to make way for him. I'm going to start getting rid of senior players. We've got senior players in here that I believe he will play in front of me. So I was like 20, I was like 22 years old. Um, senior players that I'm going to get rid of um, and make way for him in January. And from January onwards, he will play. And the man was good for his word. I, I listened, we listened to what he said. I said, okay, let's give it a go, Dad. Let's wait and see what, what happens. So I'll give it till the end of the season. And January, uh, lo and behold, I see two or three players going out the door. And that was it. I started playing. I think my second start because we they have a break in in Turkey. You have like the January break, mini break, and you start again. Um, and then um, 
first game, I think, was Besiktas uh, at home. Uh, scored a goal, assisted one, and I, I never looked back after that. So that, for me, is something like a nugget that I take in, in my leadership and my management now is I try to be as honest and open as I can um, to my players. And sometimes it don't go down too well because I'm honest and it hurts their feelings. And they 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 give me a lot of attitude over it. Um, and it's something I've got to deal with, with with young players. I'm hoping one day they'll come back, uh, you know, one day and, you know, to touch wood. I've not had many boys that haven't come back and called me and sort of asked me how I am or if I can help them or, or whatever. So, yeah, that would probably be the golden nugget. Um, just be honest and open. What, what a confidence boost that must have been to... to get those that action from your coach at the time not only to say it but to like you said to be true to his word yeah definitely you know like like you said it doesn't happen a lot and and, and you know coaches say things and they're not too honest or they you know with it or they struggle to be honest with it and tell you one thing but what they don't understand is players are intelligent and they work and they put two and two together and, and, and come out with the right answer more often than not um, so there's there's no point in you know, you've got to manage it the right way, of course. But I just think honesty, honesty is the best policy. Yeah, good stuff. And um, just to, to start to wrap up, mate, I, I know you um, do some work with the national squads as well. What a uh, what an uh, opportunity and experience that must be to to get in and around that and and pass your experience on to some of the the national team players. Tell us about that, mate. Yeah, that's superb, if I'm honest with you. It's where my biggest learning has probably taken place. You know, I'm working with, um, you know, Justin Cochran and uh, Tom Curtis at the minute, who were in the 17s. We've been there since the 15s now, so it's our third year. We've been blighted with the COVID. We're supposed to, in March, we were supposed to go to, to Greece and play in the Euros, and in May, we're supposed to go to the Worlds. Um, so that's all been blighted, really, which has been disappointing because the boys are sort of, flying now you know we've got big hitters in in the team now Dane Scarlett Alfie Devine um really good players in in that group from abroad and at home and um it's um it's been a shame but no that the learning's been you know the FA is such a great association in respect of what they're doing um to really develop help develop develop players and if not develop players at least teach them the England way you know uh, the England DNA and it's um it's really good. I mean, for me, learning how to code, learning how to use coach paint, learning how to, all those things as well has been just like second to none. I'm really good at those things now and it's, I never thought I would have been and um, it's nice working with, with, with elite, in an elite environment, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it must be, must be really frustrating, like you said, because I'm sure you've been working towards this year for, for a while now, building towards the, the Euros and the Worlds to have that stripped from you is... It's not something you could have planned for, is it? No, I mean, when you talk about talent ID over the last two years, so 15s and 16s, and, you know, we beat, we, we had a tournament end of last year, we beat Spain at home, and, and, you know, it was really good. And the boys sort of really understand and grasp the concepts that we've been trying to, to coach them um, and to, to not be able to, like, give them... I mean, some boys are going up now to the 18s and stuff, so... Um, it's all part of their development and it's about us getting them in the first team, uh, the senior team at the end of the day. So it's not really that important, but again, it would have been nice to just continue that, that progression for them. They've missed a huge part, how, part of their education with that really. Yeah. How, how, one thing that's always intrigued me is with national sides, bringing a collective group of players from different clubs together and then only having them for, I guess, short periods of time and so you, you're fortunate you can work with groups of players for a whole year in your, your role with the 23s when you get a group of players together from loads of different clubs and you've only got probably six or eight hours on the grass what yeah. what challenge is that and how do you get everyone on the same page it must yeah, be a, no, an interesting I'm, challenge yeah I'm really fortunate because I've obviously got the best of both worlds I'm on the grass every day with the 23s and then I go away and spend some time with, with the uh, with, with the seventeens with England, and it's it's different. Like you say, we have to find really clever ways of making sure that the message lands. You know, we, we we don't get loads of time to spend on the grass. We are limited in respect of what clubs want us to be doing with the players that's coming in, because these are these are clubs' assets at the end of the day. Um, 
but you know we've we've got a system now that we work with to you know we work we work we make sure we work through the six zones so they know what they're doing in and out of possession it's quite basic but the boys you know they're very clever very intelligent you know so they pick things up really quickly and it's quite surprising really how much we sometimes I'm surprised at how much we, you know, we, we, we give them, we don't give them loads, but they actually implement really well. Um, I suppose that's, um, I suppose that's a, a sign of a top quality player as well. You know, when we talk about learning, um, uh, but we, we make sure we, we hit them on the grass. We make sure we, we hit them in cluster groups. So if I take the strikers and talk about what I want from them or defenders, whatever it is that we're working in out of possession, we use Sabutio boards, we use, um, you know, whatever we we can to you know to to make sure that we we get the message we get a message across to the players. But it's um it's really good, really really enjoyable. Yeah, and is anything from there you impacted your daily job? Have you took anything back to your twenty threes that you've learned from the England stuff? I think um I think I've definitely sort of taken. I'd like to think I've taken my coaching to sort of like the next level in respect of uh, how to. Um, how to apply what I want on the on the grass for the players to be able to get ball rolling time and information at the same time. So I try to put on sessions that uh, allow them to actually play, but at the same time try to coach uh, coach what I want. So whether it's the build and press, I break the game down into 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 smaller into smaller ideas. Um, uh, and get get the get the message across that way. So I've definitely implemented that now where I am. Um, yeah, little things like that really. Um, and like I say, with the sports code and, and stuff like that, I can clip what I want myself. So I don't have to always rely and depend on my analyst. Although he does predominantly most of the work, I can do it myself. I can coach paint myself. We don't do coach paint really for the players. Um, I do it for my. I've got my pro license. I can you know use it for that. But yeah, just just whatever I think would help back at, at my club. And I do, I do get a little bit of resistance there as well, because I come back with, you think of the concepts that, that England work on um, uh, over a period of time with the metrics they gather and, and the information that they gather. And it's just, it's just so, um, it's so advanced in respect of you know, the club, club level that when I take stuff back there, sometimes I even get people asking me, you know, the, uh, above me, and my line manager's asking me, well, what are you doing that for? What are you doing this for? And it's like, it's, it's hard to, it's hard sometimes because it's just, you're learning something at, at a level that's, you know, just really good. So yeah, it's really good, mate. I can't, I can't, I can't moan. I'm in a good place. No, good stuff. Um, mate, listen, I'm, I'm conscious it's Sunday night and uh, I've took up a lot of your time, but just to, just to wrap up, mate, before we, before we thank you and stuff, is there, one piece of advice you'd give to anyone starting out in coaching, what is the one thing that you as, whether it's from playing or your coaching careers or anything you would, you would give to them to help them on their journey? What would it be, mate? Well, I, I said this uh, a while back. Um, I still probably say the same thing. If you're, if you're a coach, if you're a coach who's never played the game, try to be, try to learn to try to learn what it's like to be on the pitch and feel the moments. I know it's really difficult. I know that it's really difficult because unless you've listen, if you play whatever whatever level you've played the game at, you've 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 felt what it feels like to be in the moment on the pitch for whatever player you're you're, you're talking to. And if you're a coach who's played the game, sorry, good night, baby. Um, if you're a coach that's played played the game. Don't think that you know everything because you've played the game. Go and study the game and go and learn how to be a go to be, be a coach. How to structure your sessions. How to how to implement what you want and get the message across to your players. You know, um, so it's different for the different sorts of coaches. But that would be the two messages for me. No one, no one knows everything. Go and learn as much as you can. Brilliant stuff, mate. No, that, that's uh, some very wise advice. I think that's evident in your attitude, mate talking to you that you're still keen to learn I know you could uh, you could easily stop trying to learn with what you've achieved and where you're going but it's great to hear that you're, you're still pushing on mate and we can only wish you continued success I know you'll do uh, extremely well at national level as well as 
your club stuff. So, mate, brilliant to catch up. I, I appreciate your time and thanks for sharing your your expertise. Matt, anything, mate? No, just a big thank you, mate. Great to speak to you. No, thank you both. Really enjoyed it. Um, no, any time, boys. I think it's been, uh, yeah, it's been 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 fun having a chat. Um, and uh, like I say, I hope you both have a good end to the seasons. And um, if you need me for anything, you know where I am. Come and grab me. Top Brilliant on. stuff. Thank you, mate. Take care, boys. Cheers, Wes. See you, mate. Take care. If you are a scout or coach looking to find or help players, then Pitch is the website for you. It's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on Pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com. Thank you.